Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, I am joined by MetPro coach Eric Wilson, and we will be discussing how to handle peer pressure while you're working on your fitness and nutrition goals. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks. Nice to be here. It's nice to have you here. I am. This is something I get asked all the time. I have had people, clients say to me, you know what? I'm going out to dinner, but I don't want to explain why I'm eating differently than them. Or I'm going to a work party and I don't want to explain why I'm not drinking. Would you consider these interactions peer pressure? Is there a better way to describe it? What would you call it? I think peer pressure to me, I was thinking about this the other day. So peer pressure to me is when somebody wants you to do something with food that you don't necessarily want to do. And what would the root of that be? So to me, it's that they're looking for permission to do something. And if they can get you to do it too, it must be okay. Well, that's so well if said. I wanna eat, <laughs> right? If I want to eat a piece of chocolate cake, but I'm feeling guilty, if I can get you to eat a piece with me, then feel so bad. So having said that, though, if it's really about other people's behaviors, not so much about your behavior, but they're questioning you, then why do you think we our natural response is that we owe an explanation? So the goal would be we're looking to fit in. And so if we stand out because we're doing something than everyone else, that's problems people. Most people don't want to stand out. They just want to fit in, right? So if I'm the one that's doing different, looking at me going, what's that guy doing? And so I'd rather just be kind of going along with the flow and not be standing out as like, how come this guy just busted out a food scale and he's measuring his rice over here at the table, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I've had clients that have told me, ah, I brought my food scale to a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, don't do that again. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't want you to be like that, right? I want you to be aware and I want you to have measured things at home. So when you go there, you'll know what a portion size looks like without having to measure it. Right. Or you'll be close enough for government work, I'll call it. Right. We want people to have the tools, not necessarily whip the tools out every day, but like mentally right. be able to use them anytime. Yeah. If it feels rude or you feel like, hey, I want to fit in, that's the reason. How should you handle it? Like, wh What is the answer there then? So the, the answer to me is one of two things. It's identifying what is it you're going to and what's your comfort level with the people there. Two examples. I'm going to a family barbecue at my brother's house and it's just going to be all my family there. Okay. So they all know where I work. They know what I do. They've all been around me long enough to know that I pack a snack with me wherever we go. And they've probably eaten some of my snacks. So <laughs> that being said, I'm not going to try to do anything outside of what I normally do because there's no expectation or no standing out by me being me. Like otherwise they wouldn't have invited me. Right. I'm not going to guilt trip anyone to do anything that they don't normally do. But in the same sense, when I show up with the vegetable tray, because I know there's not enough veggies there. And I'm the one that is looking through and saying, okay, so I'd rather eat the sweet potato than the macaroni and cheese over there. Like they're not going to be surprised. That's what I do. What if I just got a new job and now I'm going to be at a function with my new coworkers and they don't know me and I don't want to be this crazy guy on the first day that's like food scaling his food while we're all there. <laughs> and they're like, who's this? That strategy is completely different for me. What I probably would do first, I'm probably going to look at the menu of where I'm going in advance and get an idea of what types of foods they have. That way, when I show up there, I probably have a game plan already. 
if I look over the menu and I find out it's a pizza place we're going to, and all my choices are is pizza, French fries, and macaroni and cheese. That's tough. When I get to this event, then I'm going to have to decide how am I going to handle it. I don't want to eat pizza because I've been doing really good on my eating. I don't want to blow it. I've got a new low going on this scale. Like Everything's lined up. So I've made the decision. I want to go to this event, but I don't want to eat pizza, but I don't want to stand out. Here's what I'm going to do. In my car on the way there or just before I leave the house, I'm going to eat my entire on-plan dinner minus the vegetables. Then when I show up to the pizza place, I'm going to order a salad bar. And I'm going to go over and I'm going to go build out a big salad that is pretty much just vegetables. I'm not going to throw croutons on it or avocado or ranch dressing or anything. I'm looking for maybe no dressing, maybe a light balsamic dressing. Depending on where I'm at, I might have my own dressing. Depends on the formality of the place. Think about that. I order this salad and I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to sit down with everybody and I'm going to say, I had a workout earlier that got me so hungry, I had to eat dinner already. But I'm still kind of hungry. So I'm going to eat this salad with you guys too. I hope you don't mind. Okay, Uh Right there, I explained my actions, why I'm not eating what they eat. There's no guilting anyone for eating anything they're eating. And who hasn't been in that situation before where you were so hungry, you had to eat, but you still want to be social. Right. This allows me to check all the boxes, but not have to eat that food in that scenario, assuming I didn't want to. That's great. Very nice, Eric. I love that. What if you're going to a situation where there is no salad bar? Like it is a situation where there is no good food and maybe it was a work event. So you didn't have a time to eat your whole meal. What do you do in that case? I'm probably going to eat some and eat the rest either on my way there or on my way home. It's going to be an extremely rare situation that I wouldn't eat at all. I would have to be not feeling well or like it was the food I had an allergy to or something like that. So I'm never just going to say, no, I'm just not eating. But I'm going to pick that pizza place. And I know don't salad bar. They don't have anything other than pizza, macaroni and cheese, and french fries then. When I get there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat one very small slice of pizza. On my way there, I likely would have eaten my protein and probably tried to have eaten a carb. So what if I could get down some beef jerky and an apple on my way there? Then when I show up, I've got protein, fat, and a carbohydrate. It already created macronutrient balance by eating protein, fat, and carb on my way there. Now I have this little slice of pizza, and I'm trying to hope it's a vegetable slice of pizza if I can. If the pizza's already ordered and that's what's there, I'm picking the least of the evils. So I'm looking for something with more veggies and less refined meats on it. Rather a thin crust over a thick crust, red sauce on it than a white sauce or a pesto on it. And I'm going to eat that one small slice. And then I'm probably going to say something after I eat one slice like, hey, I'm really full. Sorry, you know, I already had to eat earlier again because... And I'm going to use my excuse of some exercise or just being super hungry or... I mean, anyone that knows me knows I probably was exercising and I am always hungry. So both (laughs) those aren't excuses. They're true. Yeah. (laughs) And that holds true for a lot of other people too. So in that case, you're not even making up an excuse. But worst case scenario, I still ate that little slice of pizza. That way I didn't stand out. I got a little bit of a treat. I ate on plan right before leading up to it. And guess what? As soon as that meal's over, my very next meal, whatever it be, is going to be back on plan again. 
here's the steadfast rule that I tell people to remember. And that is that no one meal is ever going to undo all your hard work. A hundred percent agree. And I still created stable blood sugars by having my protein, fat, and carbs. I just added some extra protein, fat, and carbs with the pizza. Again, I was on plan up into it, and I'm going to be on plan right after it. My body will find stability pretty quickly. You raise a really good point. That is who you are. What if you're a person who's shifting completely and never been a person who's exercised and all of a sudden you're exercising, all of a sudden you've always had eight drinks when you go out and now you're like, I'm not drinking. How do you handle that with people? I know I'm putting you on the spot a lot, Eric. (laughs) I know this. So I spent a long time working in a hospital and some of working in the hospital was learning about behavior change because... What ends you up in the hospital is usually something catastrophic that makes you think twice about changing your behavior or you might be there again. Some of it is, do you want your behaviors to change? Because if you do, you need to tell other people so they will hold you accountable. Now, that doesn't mean you have to tell people that will make you feel bad. Maybe you don't tell your coworker because they eat cheesecake every day at lunch and you don't want them to feel bad about eating their cheesecake when you know, you're sitting there next to them eating your veggie plate. But at the same sense, if that coworker is always offering you cheesecake and you're constantly saying no, maybe at some point tell them, I'm working on it and I'm going to things down and it's nothing to do with you. It's that I've got this goal, this personal goal of mine right now. And again, I, I never try to make anyone feel like anything they're doing is wrong, but I'm happy to tell them what I'm doing and why. Leading by example a little, I guess. Like Sometimes people will see the things I'm eating and say to me like, wow, where'd you come up with that? I'm like, here's where I came up with that. It elicits a conversation that they weren't necessarily curious like why I was eating so healthy. They were kind of curious like, how did that come about? What if it's the type of conversation where they're kind of like, Garrick, you're you're already thin. Oh, you already are in good shape. Well, you don't need to lose weight. Why are you doing this? It's only one cookie. It's only one drink. What's the problem? How do you handle something sure. like that? For me, it's not about necessarily body image, what we see, or if I look at you, what I see doesn't tell me how healthy you are. I worked with tons of people over the years, thousands of people in the hospital that if you looked at them on the outside, they were the picture of health, but they were a mess inside and vice versa. People that looked extremely unhealthy outside, but they go and do a cardiac stress test and they get the heart of an 18-year-old at 50. Yeah. So these things happen. And so for me, some of it is remembering that it's the big picture of what's going on inside of us that we're working on. I happen to have had a father who died of heart disease. And so for me, it's really easy to make choices toward foods that don't encourage heart disease because that risk factors in my family. I'm probably avoiding eating lots of things that are super high in saturated fat because I don't want to end up like my father, because I know that's one of the risk factors. No, that makes sense. So kind of reframing, not only how you think of it, but how you're explaining it to other people. It's probably a good time to remember that people aren't really thinking so much about who we are as a person. They might be noticing something about you, but they're not necessarily judging you in the same way you're critical of yourself. Seldom are they. Right. My husband says all the time, and I know it's a famous quote, but like you wouldn't think so much about it if you realized how little people actually think about you. (laughs) It's so true. But we're all guilty of that. Absolutely. Story the other day of a guy told me, I don't want to drink water on my airplane ride. And I didn't want to get dehydrated then. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to use that bathroom. I don't want people to stare at me. 
the question I asked him in return was, do you think one person is going to get off that plane and go, do you remember that guy with the black suit on who got up and used the bathroom two times? And even if they did, ever going to see you again? And does it matter? There is that. There's also that. So food is healing. And so it's remembering things that an example of a blueberry and a DNA switch. And they keep finding, I read a study again this morning that talked about blueberries and their anti-cancer properties and how they keep doing study after study that's saying that people that consume high amounts of blueberries don't get cancer nearly as often as people who don't eat blueberries. And it's like, well, if they've been studying this for 40 years and it continues to hold true, I'm putting blueberries in my diet because I don't want cancer and it seems like it's going to (laughs) help. It's those types of things too. It's like, are you choosing foods that you know are good for your body? Because our body is without our body, without health, we're not going to get far. So true. Eric, is there anything else as we kind of wind down that people should be thinking about when it comes to these type of conversations or times where they might feel awkward and they're wanting to take care of themselves? I think sometimes we feel guilty for taking care of ourselves when human nature is help other people. And I think a good example of that is, again, going back to one of my past jobs, a whole bunch of registered nurses that are all overweight because they'll tell you, I don't take breaks because I got to help my patients out. They care so much about the people they're helping. And it's a personality trait. It's a nice personality trait. You care so much about others that you're willing to sacrifice yourself. But at some point, you need to take a step back and realize that if you don't take care of yourself, how will you ever take care of others? And so so it goes both ways. If I want to be here later on to see my daughter have kids, then I got to take care of me, right? If I want to make sure that if my wife falls down and gets hurt, I can help her up. I got to take care of me. It's the grand picture, you know, also of what else do we want to accomplish and how are we going to see that happen? Very good advice, Eric. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Listeners, that is all for this week. You can find episodes of the MetPro Method anywhere that you get podcasts or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review because that lets other people know what to expect. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'm your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I'll be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.